I'm Anthony Kay, and this is Sports Fluent. On this week's episode, we take a look at MLB's expanded playoff format, the NFL's Washington football team, and what it takes to change a name. We dive into the NBA's MVP race, Giannis or LeBron. For the WNBA preview this week, we're looking at the Connecticut Sun, and in the fix, one of my favorite topics, the New York Knicks. So join us for Sports Fluent. Are you fluent? Before we get into the sports part of the show, I had a horrible experience yesterday, and I feel the need to share it because be forewarned that you need to check your water tank, your water heater. I was so looking forward to having a long, hot shower after a longer, hotter, tougher day. And as I got in, I noticed that with every passing second, the water was getting colder, so unbearably cold that I could not function. Not just cold, like shiver cold, uh, more like if I touched it, I thought something was going to freeze and fall off cold. I quickly did what I could to clean up as best I can and headed to the basement. Turns out there's a faulty sensor and my water heater wasn't staying on and heating my water. Why do I bring that up? For no other reason than to warn you, it is horrible and a terrible, terrible thing to have a cold shower, so please get your water heaters checked. We're going to start this week in Major League Baseball. The Baseball Owners and Players Association have come to an agreement in the last minute prior to the season starting. I know we're a few games into the season now, but let's backpedal a little bit and tell you what has happened. As you know, this is a 60-game season. And you would think that the playoffs would have remained the same. If you ask me, and by the same, let me backpedal some more, we're talking 10 teams. One division champ, two wild cards uh, per and and you get to your 10 teams, that's kind of the standard Major League Baseball if you didn't know. My thought was, if you were going to shrink the season down that much to 60 games, which I believe isn't enough to really give you who is the best team in baseball. However, I would still say if it's a shorter season, let's reduce the amount of teams that make the playoffs and make those 60 games more meaningful. If you're only going to play 60, make every single one count, much like they do in the NFL. Every week counts in the NFL because so few teams make the playoffs. Instead, what Major League Baseball has done in their infinite wisdom is they've changed it to 16 teams. That's eight per league, and that's more than half of the teams in the American and National League. So eight out of 15 teams are going to make the playoffs. So really the 60 game format means nothing because more than half of the teams with a terrible record, winning record doesn't even matter, they're making it to the playoffs. You're going to have each top two teams in each division plus you're going to have two wild card spots. So six one twos out of each division and two wild cards. There's your eight teams. There's your 16 total for, for Major League Baseball. So who does it help? 
and who does it hurt? Well, obviously, it's going to hurt the top teams, right? It's going to hurt the Dodgers. It's going to hurt them because they're going to now have to go through additional rounds, additional teams to get to the World Series. It's going to hurt teams like the Astros and the Yankees, also front-running teams that were favorites to win the World Series. Now, if you look at the odds, they're probably still the favorites, but their numbers have come down in that sense. Who does it help? Well, teams like the Red Sox and the White Sox, who are good but not great and could possibly do some damage in the playoffs if they got hot, have boosted their odds of making it not only into the playoffs, but to the World Series. Other teams, again, these are the good, not great teams, like the Athletics, the Angels, uh, the Rays, Diamondbacks, Indians, Braves. All of those teams have gotten odds boosted out of making it into the playoffs and into second or third rounds. That's not good for baseball, in my opinion. Now, it might be for you as a fan of those teams, because you get a Cinderella run and everybody loves a Cinderella story, but you've just diluted what was already a really, really shortened season. And like I said, to backpedal here, the 60 games wasn't enough to begin with, and now you've made those games even less important, right? You can come out of the gate pretty slow, as long as you get hot at the right time near the end, and off you go on a playoff run. I think this is going to hurt Major League Baseball more than they know. Now, as an addition, I'll say that's if we get to the playoffs in baseball. Obviously, COVID is a problem in baseball. The teams or the leagues that have had success are the leagues like, as we're finding out, the NHL, the NBA, that have created the bubble. Major League Baseball doesn't have that bubble. And the Marlins, as you know, had eight players test positive for COVID. They didn't disclose it. They went out and played a game. So we're going to see how that turns out. Hopefully, fingers crossed, they get their stuff in order and we can see the season play out and get to this expanded playoff that I don't agree with. But at least it means more baseball. Yesterday, we came out and said, you know, pretty much what we've done is we put a placeholder in terms of the name. So we are going to be known as the Washington football team because, truthfully, this is going to be about a 16 to 18 month process to do it the right way and, and, and really not, not, not miss the opportunity to rebrand ourselves, uh, hopefully for the next 100 years. The Washington football team is at a crossroads. They need to change their name. Obviously, we know that. They've come out and told everybody, this is what we're doing. Now, the problem is, it's not as easy as you think. As you heard just now from Ron Riviera, it's going to take 16 to 18 months to pick a name and do it properly, because this is something that you don't want to do again. Also, he did mention that they do want to keep the same burgundy and gold. They want to keep the same colors. It's just the name that needs to change. So what are some of the options and what are some of the obstacles that's keeping them from changing their name quicker? So let's start with some of the options. Um, we can start with the ones that you've probably heard all over social media, which are the Red Wolves, the Red Hawks, the Warriors, the Red Tails. These are all ones that, you know, kind of keep the same theme of their former name. However, 
if you look at the odds, and there is a, as with everything else, there's some betting going on. And I want to give you what the odds shark or odds shark has listed as their top names, their top odds. So here's the top five, the presidents, the generals, the Lincolns, the Americans, and the Kings. I don't think any of those are really good football names, to be honest, but those are the top five right now. You have other team names as well, memorials, capitals, uh, veterans. Uh, some people have said maybe look at the Senators, but they believe that name might still be owned by the Washington Nationals. So there's a lot of options out there. So that's kind of step one as to why it would take so long is there's a lot of options and you want to make it something as with almost, almost every team name in sports history, there's a background to it, right? You can pick any team and send me your questions on which if you don't know why, but pick any team and there's a typically a reason for that. You know, in most cases, it's because of something that has to do with the city that they were in or the city that they were originated in, much like we'll use the Lakers as an example. I know there's not a lot of lakes in Los Angeles, but coming from Minnesota, which obviously has 10,000 lakes, it all makes sense as an, as an example. So that being said, tons of name options is obstacle number one. Obstacle number two, and why it might take so long, is naming rights. Are the names copywritten? Are the names used by another organization, be it sports or otherwise. You also now in this day and age have to look at the website, the social media platforms. Is it marketable? Is it marketable to your base audience? Is it marketable to people under 30 to expand the brand? Is it something that can be used internationally in marketing circles? Those are all things that you have to think about. There's legalities that go into this and there's marketing that goes into this. So a lot of things to consider. You don't want to make a mistake. And there are some teams that I believe have made a mistake. And maybe I'll hold that conversation on a future episode. But if there's some terrible team names that you think probably shouldn't have been, send me those and let's we'll talk about them, like I said, on a future episode. But back to the Washington football team. So at least they have their colors. Uh, because those aren't going to change. And for now, we're going to call them the Washington football team. But I'll give you my opinion because I've posted on, on Instagram already. I think the Red Hawks is my favorite choice because it kind of keeps the same theme as what they were, but obviously not racist. So that's a, always a good thing. It'll also let them continue kind of with their brand and their logo without having to change too much. So that's my opinion, but like I said, let me know yours. I turned in my MVP or my awards ballot for all the regular season awards yesterday, and I did have Giannis as my MVP, and I think he's going to win going away. I have LeBron second. Um, look, LeBron has been tremendous. There's no question about it. But you don't grade the MVP on a curve. So him being in his 17th year doesn't matter, okay? It, I'm not looking at years in the league. I think Giannis was just the MVP. As far as the East-West stuff, this is revisionist history, 
Okay, when people talked about LeBron being in the easier Eastern Conference, it had nothing to do with MVP. In fact, he won his four MVPs while playing in the East. He won four MVPs in five years while playing in the East. So nobody mentioned he can't be the MVP because he's in the East. The criticism of being in the East was about reaching the finals. Would LeBron have been able to reach the finals eight straight years had he been in the West? Obviously, the answer is no, because he didn't win all those championships and beat the Western team. So that was where the criticism was. It had absolutely nothing to do with the MVP voting. The reason LeBron never won MVP his second go-round in Cleveland in those last four years, because they coasted through the regular season. They were clearly the best team in the conference every single year, and they never won 60 games. They won 57 games once. They were only the number one seed one time during that those four years LeBron was with Cleveland his second go-round. We know we saw the drama. There were trades. There was, you know, all types of, of, of stuff going on. And LeBron was coasting, playing well, but coasting. And then they turned it on in the playoffs and ran through everybody in the East. So that's why he didn't win the MVP, because nobody's going to give you the MVP award when you kind of coast through the regular season. And so this is revisionist history. Had absolutely nothing to do with MVP award the East was discussed. So there you have Chris Broussard's pick. Uh, for MVP this year, and he's going with Giannis over LeBron. Now he actually gets a vote, lucky guy, and that's where he, where he put picked, and that's fair. And here's why it's fair, but also why it's so difficult. So to answer the first question that you're going to ask me, well, who's the best player in the league right now? And the reality is, even at his age, even after 17 season, it is LeBron James. He is still the best player. Now, I think it's close, but I still think he's the best player. But the MVP award, unfortunately, isn't just about who's the best player. Otherwise, LeBron probably would have won it more times than he has. Michael Jordan would have won it more times than he did. Kobe Bryant would have had many more MVPs than he did. All of those guys were the best players for most of the years that they played. However, when you look at it in this particular case, which is this season only, right? It's not a lifetime achievement award. It's this season. And the truth is Giannis has had a better season up at, you know, for the games that they had played prior to the stop of the season. Now, I will say this and I'll admit this. LeBron did start closing that gap late in the season as you would expect him to, being an older player, kind of coasts through a little bit the beginning of the season, after the All-Star break, starts to turn it up a bit, getting ready for the playoffs. Make complete sense. I would do the same thing. You would do the same thing. It just makes sense to do that. However, the season being cut short and the votes having to go in now before the season restarts, he did not completely close the gap. So you're asking me two questions. Who's the best player? LeBron. Who's going to win the MVP award and who should win the MVP award this year? It is Giannis. So tell me who your pick is and why. Being back in Connecticut, I know what it is to bring championships back to Connecticut. Having those fans behind you means everything to us they are our fuel those fans are are what keep us going 
And there's a lot of hype behind this team, especially after making it all the way to the finals last year. The Sun has all the right pieces to go and win one now. If you want excitement, you want to be a Connecticut Sun fan. Now that clip is courtesy ESPN Radio from Spain and Company. They had a player from each WNBA team come on and tell you why you should cheer for their squad. And I love what they did there, and I'm going to use those clips moving forward on every team's preview. Now I know what you're going to say. What about the two that you did, the Atlanta Dream and the Chicago Sky? I will post all of these on the website so you can hear each and every one's reasons as to why you should follow their particular team. But to this week's preview, obviously we're looking at the Connecticut Sun, as you just heard, and we're going to take a look at what this team looks like last year versus this. So last year they finished 23-11, and and they lost in the finals to Washington, obviously the champs. One of the driving forces of that championship run or that run to the finals last year was that they felt disrespected by the media. They felt that they weren't getting their just due for how good of a team they were. One of the ongoing quotes or things that you heard from the team was, nobody believes in us. And that can be quite a driving force in taking a team deep into the playoffs, as it did last year for the Sun. However, this year, because of free agency, trades, the draft, and players who have decided not to return due to health concerns obviously brought on by COVID, this team is going to look very, very different from the one that was that played last year. So that's one thing to look out for. And when you have a lot of change in a team, another thing that you look for is how the team gels. How do the stars play together? How do the role players fit into their roles? That's going to be something to look at early on for the Connecticut Sun this year. And lastly, and this is maybe the biggest thing that you need to watch, is uh, John Cole Jones, who was their leading scorer and ranked 12th in the NBA in scoring. Six foot six center, led the league in blocks last year, and was the anchor of their defense. A true stretch five who averaged almost 39% on her career on three-point shooting. A very versatile player who's going to be sorely missed. How do they replace that in the middle? The truth is, one person probably can't. And it'll likely be center by committee to start the season as they look to fill in those roles and find some three-point shooting, some defense, and some blocks from multiple players to fill in that hole that Jones left. So let's look forward to that this upcoming season from the Connecticut Sun. Now for the fix. You've been waiting all episode for the fix, and here it is. So who's in the fix this week? Yeah, my favorite punching bag, the New York Knicks. I'm sorry that I'm so hard on the Knicks. I really am. I want them to be successful. I want them to be a good team. But they make it so easy to pick on them and all the things that they do wrong. And here's just another example. Tom Thibodeau Thibodeau as a coach is not what the New York Knicks need right now. Now, is he better than some of the people they've put as their head coach 
thus far or over the last few years? Yeah, yeah, he actually is. The problem is Tom Thibodeau isn't the coach that gets the new NBA. He doesn't like to shoot threes. His team when he was in Minnesota was dead last in three-point attempts. Well, do teams that don't shoot threes succeed in today's NBA? Well, last year, the Knicks were 29th in three-point attempts. How'd How'd that work out? It's not a good mix because also what he does as a coach is insanely push his players away and alienate them from him, from other teammates. He has extremely long practices. Now, I know what you're thinking. Oh, but he's a defensive genius and, you know, he makes his teams work hard. Yeah, but he also drives them so hard that the best players on the team burn out. Look what happened in Chicago. Look what happened in Minnesota. There are patterns there that will tell you what's going to happen here in New York. He has some young talent, but it's not great. He has some veteran players, but they're not exceptional. So who's he going to play? How's he going to make this team gel? A five-year contract for a coach that you know is going to do these things is just another line, another string in the bad decisions that the New York Knicks keep making. I've told James Dolan multiple times, I will come in and fix the Knicks for you. It actually wouldn't be that hard. He hasn't taken me up on the offer yet. However, the fix is don't do it. The rumor is that Tom Thibodeau has not been signed yet. Don't do it. Don't sign Tibbs. I'm sorry, Tibbs. Maybe as an assistant defensive coach on a team, Maybe, but you're not what this young team needs to get them to the next level. There's still some major holes in the roster, and they need a coach that is understanding of the new NBA and the new style of play and will be able to go to the strengths of the team that he has in front of them and maybe grow with the team as a coach. So in this week's fix, New York Knicks, please, the best thing to do is not do this. That's it for this episode of Sports Fluent. Remember to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at sports underscore fluent. And as always, please get back to me and let me know what you think about the MLB's expanded playoffs, the Washington football team, the MVP race in the NBA, the WNBA's Connecticut Sun, and, and the New York Knicks in the fix. Talk to you guys next week. Are you fluent?